I'm your host, Ben Fish, and thank you so much for tuning in once again to my podcast. And if this is your first time listening, then thank you so much for tuning in for the first time to listen to my podcast. We really have an amazing show for you. Coming up, we have someone who, and I'm looking at my notes here, this is someone who is very prestigious. Uh, you may have even heard of him. As a matter of fact, I can't wait any longer. This is someone who actually, he's been a hero of mine, um, well, for about five minutes since I've you know heard about him. I haven't heard about him from before, but as of now, he's my hero. So uh, please welcome Professor Valentine Cambridge. Welcome, Professor. Wow, that's uh, quite an introduction, young man, and I personally greatly appreciate it. And do you know there's a statistic out there that 75% of people are not appreciative enough? Is that right? Not quite sure. It might have been one of the made-up statistics, because they do say that 85% of statistics are made up. But in any event, that introduction has made me feel quite at home and quite loved, and I just want to personally thank you from the heart of my bottom. Well, well, I'm glad that you feel at home here. Um, there is, you know, so much that I would like to discuss with you. And uh, just so you know, you, you don't have to stay so far from the microphone. You can move closer. Oh, thank you, dear boy. Is, is, this, is this considerably better? Much better. Thank you. I don't know why you were standing all the way on the other side of the room. Lounging and distance is a, is a really a, a theatrical part of, of success. And there's, a, there's, there's an entire exposition of uh, fake it till you make it, if you will. And oh, do you the, have a background in theater? Not at all, not at all. Uh, my, my, my exact profession actually lies in a very unique area, and I think it really comes into play nowadays. I am a professor of ethics. Right, right, right. That was what you had told me, that you're a professor of ethics. That's that's really quite something. Yes, no, it definitely is. Uh, but I consider myself a well-rounded professor. Not, <laughs> I mean, I do like the odd crumpet or two, and perhaps I could afford to use a few pounds. But when I say well-rounded, I, I do mean, dear boy, that it's it's more of a... Um, I shall always say it's more of... In, in, in many fields, I am, I'm considered a professional, but ethics is where my heart lies. Interesting. So where are you a professor at? It really, it's not where... I'm at, it's where I'm not at. What I mean by that is... Oh, well, where are you not at? Exactly right. Your presence can really be everywhere. And the effect of ethics on the world as a whole is really something I'm quite good at. In fact, 43% of people have not really experienced ethics the way they should, according to Pew Research results from a magazine I once read. Wow. So you are you just go everywhere... And you lecture in different schools? Is that what you do? I lecture indeed. Of course I do. That's, that's, that's uh, my bread and butter, as it were, although it doesn't make me any money. But it still, uh, sometimes I can get bread and butter from it. But, but the point of it is that ethics is where I go. Where I go, I lecture my ethics, and I'm able to give it over to the masses, as it were. As it were what? As, as, as it were, as it, as it is before or now. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, expression I think maybe only professors understand, oh, as it were. Uh, so then I won't press you too much on that because I'm no, not a professor. Not, I'm quite full. No, no, no don't, don't press me. Thank you. No problem. So you are 
you know, you, you these lectures that you do and that you give. Do you do lectures or do you give lectures? I just want to clear it's, that it's, up. It's quite, it's quite commonplace. In fact, 23% of the world says it one way and uh, 86% of the world says it another way and uh, 13% of the world says it an entirely different way. So it's, it's quite complex. I'm sure the math would, um, you know... I'm not a professor of mathematics, so it's not something. No, I can tell. No, no. So, so ethics really. uh, I I can give you an example if you'd like. I'd love to hear an example. So, for instance, the other day I'm walking down the street, uh, minding my own lecturing, and I see a gentleman drop his wallet. Okay. He does not. He is not aware that he has dropped his wallet. Okay. You follow me so far. So far. Okay. Because not too complicated. So far. Being a a bit academic here, and I don't want you to lose your way. So he loses his wallet and um, he turns around and he's about to see his wallet. And okay. I call out to him. I say, yeah, excuse me, chap. He ignores me. And I say, excuse me, you there. And eventually he looks in my direction. And with my, with my finger thrust forward, I point in the direction of his wallet and indicate it on the ground and say, you, sir, you have dropped your wallet. And he looks down and he picks it up and giving me an askew glance with barely a thank you and mutters it under his breath, I believe, or maybe he did it, didn't. But in that moment, the ethics that I have generated for that quadrant of the area is something that I have given to the world as a whole. So by you practicing ethics, that's how you are giving over ethics to everyone else is what you're saying. That's absolutely correct. It's just one small instance. In fact, I would say 87.6% of the ethics that I have given over have probably affected the world in a meaningful way to such a degree that the the world would not be the same as it were if it wouldn't for that amount that I have contributed. I'd say about 30%. 30, wow. 30% of the ethics in the world are because of... The 86.6... I, I, I'm sorry, I maybe confused that with a different study I've done. But yes, exactly. Wow, that's quite a number. It is quite a number, in fact, yes. How did you, how did you get to be a professor? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a complex story, and it spans a number of continents. And How many continents? As, as many as there are, probably. And also a number Can you of- name two of them? It's more about consonants than I am about continents, to be quite honest with you. I know a lot of consonants. Yes, so consonants are something that I've spanned <laughs> for ages, in fact, days, if not minutes. I, it's been something I'm quite fond of and quite proud of. So I've spanned consonants um, with my development into a professor of ethics. And it all really began, I think for me, the moment that I was a young chap, perhaps about 16 or 17. It's hard to remember numbers. And my my friends and I were walking and I, I, I veered off to head home. And on the way home, I see a, uh, a you car. You left your friends? It, well, it's, it was more of a mutual parting. Oh, okay. I just wanted so to no, make sure because that go, wouldn't be so nice. You go your way and I'll go mine. And now we see each other lest we kill each other again. Yes, of course. Right. You know, it's very similar. You know, it's the way I'm most sorry. Did you say you killed them? No, I knew it was, it was a threat of death. That's how we left it because it was better that way. Who was threatening you? Well, they were threatening never to see me again, which is usually the way the relationships turn out. It's just the way it is. And where did the death come from? Well, they figured if they saw me again, they'd have to, you know, impose upon me death because of of the way they felt I had treated them and theirs. But uh, that's neither here nor there, really. That's horrible. Well, that's usually the way relationships go for everybody, is it not? 
Um, I don't. Do you make friends with someone? I mean, you are a man, and you seem to be a well-rounded man, and not Thank not, you. not in the way I am well-rounded, but I mean in the world. And there must have been times where you've made friends, and then you know you've decided that things should be the way that you want them, and they decided that you know no. It turns out that uh, that that uh, it 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 was indeed their wallet, and you couldn't take it without their permission, or you know you couldn't accidentally push the dog down the stairs, and they they weren't okay with that. And then you had to part ways, as friends do, by or, saying, don't or kill them. Is that what you're saying? Not at all. No, no, I would never do that unless I felt it was absolutely necessary. My point is that it comes a point in every friendship when they felt that you damaging their property or stealing their animals or whatever it might be has, has come, it's, it's, it's run its course, as you would. Yes, and, in every, yeah, you know what? That might be and true. And they say, don't darken my doorstep again lest I find you in the field and end and, 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 and your life. But, and that's perfectly understandable. Why would you darken their footsteps? Not what is a four-step? It's a doorstep. I'm sorry if I misspoke. But anyway, getting back Maybe to I misspoke. It's very possible, young man. Professors are known to be quite careful of the verbiage that emanates from the mouth. But now, if you would, the beginning of my journey as a professor of ethics began... I was 16, walking home from one of these uh, schisms between friends, as all friends have, as we discussed. And... I remember from just now. From just now, yes, moments ago. So, I see a car... Uh, running, a man had dashed inside to go grab uh, some sort of uh, fruity pastry or whatever, whatnot, from the bakery with him. Sure. And he left his motor vehicle running outside unattended. Okay. And you stood watch? Not at all. I realized it was a life-altering moment for me. I realized quite a number of things in that moment, but they culminated in me driving the car home for the man. You drove the car home? For the man. For, for yes. the man. Yes, of course. Where was the man? He was in the bakery, but he had left his cart on the curb and I drove it home for him. But but then he was stranded at the bakery. And how did you know where he lived? I didn't know where he lived. So then how did you drive it home for him? Didn't I drove it I didn't drive it to his home, that'd be ridiculous. I drove it to my home. You drove it to your home? Yes, of course. First of all, I was in desperate need of a car, and that man clearly was irresponsible with uh, polluting the air, leaving it idly by who knows what could have happened. I certainly don't know. Well, I guess I do know someone could take it and drive it home, so I guess there you are. We do know what could happen. And you did that? Yes, and I was not even rewarded adequately for this amazing ethical revelation I had placed upon this area. Why would you be rewarded? You just stole his car. Listen, it's quite understandable that the person of your education, if you would, does not fully understand and grasp the complexities in a, in in ethics. But I will try to well, speak. I it will to, agree that ethics are rarely black and white. That is exactly correct. So I'm going to lay it out for you in layman's terms, as they say in some places. I Thank read. you. I am a layman. That's correct. So this man had left his motor vehicle idling polluting the air with God knows what. I mean, we do know what, somewhat, but he's just left it there. He had no intention of returning in the next few seconds while I was there, for sure, because I was there. And he's polluting the air, being irresponsible with it, getting who knows how many pastries inside the bakery. And I realized at that moment, it was my ethical obligation to bring that vehicle to my home and treat it as it should be treated. Which is how? the way I needed to be treated for myself. So if someone is using their property irresponsibly, it's your ethical duty to 
confiscate that property from them. Quite right. And I'm amazed at the amount of information you're able to obtain and take that in. Most people are very confused at this point. Well, I'm a bit incredulous, to be um, to be fair. <laughs> That's quite a word. That's quite a word indeed. We should, we should come back to that word later when I look it up. But, um, but you're basically saying that you can just steal anything that you feel... Good God, man. No, not steal. That'd be absolutely ludicrous. Or you give it back to them. Not at all. It is my moral obligation to take this vehicle from them. It is a matter of ethics, don't you see? I don't see. This is a problem with the uneducated. They have so narrow-minded, it is impossible for them to wrap their heads around the simplest of concepts. Now, I, as a professor, can understand why it's complicated for you, but you'll have to rest assured and trust in me that this is for the best. For the best for you. As a professor of ethics, what I deem is best is best for everyone. That is the power vested in me. By? The professorship of, of, of ethicalness. Is that a real thing? Of course it is. I've deemed myself as such. Or is it real? Am I not real to you? If, if, if you stub my toe, does it not bleed? I, I don't know. Can we check? It's not something I'd like to experiment with, young man. Now, what is this you said? The, the, um, the professor of ethicalness? Yes. I'm going to Google that. There's really no need. My face would probably show up there. If not, we'll have to uh, update the uh, Wikipedia page. So I'm Googling that now, and it actually comes up that that is a fraudulent organization. And, well, I'm not going to go into all of this. No, 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 no. But it's, it's an ethical it's, organization, not a fraudulent. I don't know what the word is. Well, means. it says it's a fraudulent organization headed by Professor Valentin Cambridge. Well, that's me. That is you. Yes. And, and it... It's not very flattering, I have to tell you. This well, that's the because, first uh, result on I've Google. Been, uh, I tell you, I've eaten a few crumpets too many. It can't be flattering. Just uh, my posture is not as it used to be, and uh, just my body mass is not something I'm proud of. Well, flattering is not what I um, am aiming for. Well, it wasn't talking so much about your physical appearance as much as it seems that you scam people out of their property and sometimes just outright steal it, and that's what it seems to me from what you're describing. Quite right, exactly. So that's why you see ethics is exactly what gives us the meaning and the desire and the responsibility to go and do the things that you've just said, those many words you just said, and go and take that power and use it for good. You've convinced me. Thank you very much. That's usually how these conversations go. Now, do you have any other- That's brilliant. That is brilliant. So can I just sum up is basically- you're saying that to a layman such as myself, it would appear to be stealing, but ethically, and because you're a professor of ethics, it's the ethical thing to do, and therefore, it's your duty to do that. Quite right, quite right. And also, did you know that the word duty has multiple meanings? I just found this out the other day. It's quite hilarious. Remind me to tell you after the show. I, I'm, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a shock to me, I have to tell you. Wow. So... You know, in your in your daily routines now, um, you go around, um, you know, ethic ethicalizing people. I guess would be the word. Quite right, quite right, indeed. And in fact, there has been something that's been more, somewhat of a pet project for me, if you will. <laughs> so, I found out quite recently. There's an expression. There's a lot of expressions. Yes, you've but, only just found this out. No, no, no. Uh, there's a specific expression. It, like taking candy from a baby. Yes. And it was used in the pejorative, the negative, if you will. 
If you won't also, it still is. Okay. And I realized something quite astounding. It's actually a call to action. It, it's a call... For a ethical professor, there is almost no more noble deed than saving a young child's diabetic index as well as their teeth from the ravages of sugar and candy. So I have set upon a quest where I have been to put the term into use correctly, taking candy from a baby. Now, a baby is not just someone who is a, a child that's young in, in their crib. That's not what it's generally referring to. It's children of all ages, in fact. Okay, so I, I have, I, I want to clarify this. So you're saying that's, well, two things I have a problem with. You're saying that it's okay to steal candy from a baby? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Are you listening to what I'm saying when I speak? It's not just okay. It is a good. It is an absolute moral equivocal good. It is one of the best goods I have found. That's the best good that you have found. Some of the goods are delicious. Yes, but this good itself is quite good. Wow. So I, I, I I'm going to disagree with you on that as a layman. Of course. As of a course, layman, course, I must disagree with that. Is not what mine is. Um, but the second thing that I, I need to just bring up is that I don't think the expression is meant as a negative. I, I just think it means that something is easy. It's quite simple. It's quite simple. Look at the data and the facts. There are 76% of children have some kind of hidden stash of candy. Combine that with a bunch of other statistics that are meaningless, you have a quite meaningful piece of information. So when you see a child or anyone with candy, you rush to get it away from them. If they are one of the 70 plus percent, yes. Okay. Um, I find that abhorrent. Um, I think that's a terrible thing. Abhorrent is a wonderful, yes, of course. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm looking out the window. Is abhorrent there. a candy? Because if if your child has an abhorrent candy, then perhaps it's something I can look into. Do you know that 43 percent of all children who have the candy taken away from them don't even report it to the proper authorities, okay. giving me the ability to have done my due duty? And we've discussed before. Professor, as a professor, professor, um, yes. uh, take a look out the window over here. Um, you see over there, there's a a, a mother pushing a child in a in a stroller over there and this the child has candy yes you should right. you should go get it from them if we were not in the middle of this interview it would be my ethical obligation to take that lollipop from that child and take it for myself well please don't let me get in the way of your ethical duty please you can you can definitely just you know i go see run that ahead. i've made a great breakthrough with you and i am quite proud of you your vision is astounding for someone not a professor of ethics you have seen to the heart of the matter and you have realized the truth is as I have said, and that I must go now Absolutely. to go to my duty. Yes. As we've discussed before, perhaps. Yes. Let's back to it. All right. I leave you now. Take care, Professor. Okay. He's gone, and I believe he's about to um, jump on those poor people. And I'm actually going to call 911 now, and hopefully they'll be able to stop him. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Tune in again next time when we'll have another special guest. And as always, feel free to email us at meaninglesspeoplepodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye.